Recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge, high atop the Terry Maxson building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Star Crash. Well, hey, everybody. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. Welcome to the lounge. And back to the old podcast here. Tonight, we're going to be talking about that epic science fiction film, <laughs> Star Crash. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. If you haven't seen this one, <laughs> you really need to. We're, we're, uh, we're celebrating Star Crash and recording this around May the 4th Be With You Day. Yeah, we figure everybody's talking about Star Star, Star Wars, Wars, so we're talking about the Italian <laughs> Star Wars. And no, it's not even close. No, <laughs> oh my God, no. There are there. There's a laser sword. They don't call it anything. They don't call it a sword. They don't call it a saber. They, you know. Anyway, it just, it just shows up. I jump yeah. ahead. Yeah. Oh boy, this is a. Uh, it's something. I'll tell you. Yeah, it's special. Well, let's talk. Like I said, the Italian Star Wars is what it was billed as, or an Italian Sinbad in science fiction type movie. Yeah. Ooh, there's gonna be a lot of ums <laughs> in this. Well, it was it was fun to watch. Oh yeah. Well, you know when when they say when people talk about cheesy bad science fiction movies. Yeah. This is what they're talking. This about. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. It's still it's fun. It's not inept. It's not one of those. No, you just, it's I not a horrible movie. Off. No, no. But it's it is cheesy as hell. It is really cheesy, but it's so much fun yeah. to watch. And Caroline Monroe. Okay, let's talk about who's that. Caroline Monroe is a joy to see on the screen. In of anything. course, every beautiful time. woman. Mm-hmm. But you've got Caroline Monroe, mm-hmm. Marja Gortner, which oh, right of there, course. that's plenty. We're in. You're in. That's plenty. But wait. But there's more. There's more. <laughs> Christopher Plummer. They must have been coming for his car. Uh, this was One 78. can only assume. This is 78, so this was long before, uh, you know, Undiscovered Country. Right. Joe Spinell, mm-hmm. fantastic character actor. Yeah. Uh, we, in fact, we talked about him in ma- one episode we did on Maniac. Right. A while back, with also with Caroline Monroe. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, were, they worked well together in that. But the be-all and end-all <laughs> on the cast. The, the Hoff. Hoff. A young David Hasselhoff. And... It probably his first or second film role, looking like a baby. Yeah, um, with lots of makeup. Lots. Oh, okay. Yeah, we really need to take a poll. We actually should. We should put this on the the Phantasmo After Dark Facebook. A page. horn poll, Bob. Take a horn poll. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need we need Snodgrass to do that. <laughs> but take a poll and see who had better hair or makeup: Caroline Monroe, Marjorie Gortner, or David Hasselhoff in this film? Because <laughs> I don't know how you choose. I don't know. I think the, the two guys are wearing more makeup than she was wearing. Probably. And had more hairspray in their hair than she had. That's, yeah, uh, probably they, true. They had fabulous hair. They did. They did. You can't argue with that. No. You know. There is there is no no telling who had the best. It, it's amazing. Maybe you should actually put a poll up when this <laughs> I goes I think up. I'll do that. That would be hilarious. Because as always, I'm going to put up a bunch of pictures on the, the Facebook page right. and put the trailer up. And, and there is much to see. Yeah. And after you get done uh, listening to this, uh, hopefully somebody is listening to this, uh, if you want to watch this movie, I do believe it is on YouTube. Oh, okay. But it's also available if you want a nice 
quality DVD or Blu-ray copy. It's on Amazon for under 20 bucks. Nice. The Blu-ray and the DVD. Yeah, we, we have the two-disc special edition or something, yeah, don't DVD. we? Yeah, DVD. Yes, we do. Yes. Uh, which the, the second disc is all interviews and extras and stuff. My God, there were interviews and extras on this thing. It's quite amazing. Yeah. This, uh, like I said, it's an Italian, I was going to say Italian horror film, but it's pretty <laughs> horrible. An Italian sci-fi film directed by, uh, I think it's Luigi Cazzi. I think was his name, but it, uh, the, on the credits it says Lewis Coates. Oh, they changed okay. him over to Americanized to get, you know, gotcha. it's wider distribution style. Right, right. But Corman's New Horizon, Corman's company picked it up for distribution in the states, uh, so it's it goes under the Corman label of releasing. So it's a Corman Classics DVD release. Okay, is that why everybody looked like Frankenstein? Well. <laughs> <laughs> so all the soldiers, and I'm not talking about the Frankenstein. No, monster. no, we're talking about Frankenstein from Death Race, Death Race 2000. All the soldiers or lackeys on the good guy side and the bad guy side were wearing these tight fitting helmets with a widow's peak, mm-hmm. kind of like what Frankenstein's wearing in Death Race 2000, yeah. except with that little bolts on the side. Yeah, but the good guys and the like tight suits. The bad guys have on black, of course, and yeah. they have like the tight leathery looking oh, yeah, we'll pleathery suits, suits and stuff yeah but the helmets are all that same helmet but each ha- they have different stuff on top, on top. Yeah, accessories on top mm-hmm. all the bad guys are black helmets and all the good guys are gold helmets but it's the same damn helmet yeah <laughs> <laughs> and oh and the costumes in this thing are typical almost 60s 50s cheesy typical sci-fi type costumes right but in the 70s yeah, but in the late 70s, yeah. <laughs> Most of them are like tight jumpsuit and then some kind of triangle overlay vest type thing mm-hmm. with a belt and then a crotch piece. Yeah, nobody had to pee in this no, particular no. galaxy. And that's most of the costumes are just that in different colors mm-hmm. and with different stuff maybe on the shoulders, different wristbands and stuff. Except for Stella Star. Caroline Monroe as Stella Star, which... I think it went under the name that something like Adventures of Stella Star in some mm-hmm. market. She had Tons lots of, different of outfits. wonderful outfits. Yeah, cool. But they're trying to go with like the Barbarella-ish yeah, type look. very, very Barbarella-ish. Yeah. Not as an imaginative as the Barbarella costumes. No, but you could but definitely skimpy, feel it. scantily clad, mm-hmm. mostly leather bikini stuff and thigh-high And she looked great boots. in it. Oh, yeah. Now, I did find out when I was doing a little research. You know how she starts off like that, but uh-huh. towards the end she has full jumpsuits? Yeah. And she has that same outfit in different colors uh-huh. and then a cape at the end. Right. Part of the way through filming, I don't know if distributors or producers were worried about getting the movie shown, reshown on television after, oh. the, after the drive-in circuit and all that. Huh. So they said, hey, put her in some more concealing outfits. Stuff. Oh, wow. For, so the second half of the film, she's dressed in more. That's why that's like that's that. That's so funny. <laughs> So just watch the first half and then... <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch the whole thing. Come on. Yeah, this thing. You want to try to go over the plot? <laughs> I, so the, the <laughs> As basic, it is. <laughs> the basic plot is like very, very simplified. The emperor of, of whatever. The, I don't know, galaxy, universe, Something, whatever, yeah. has sent out three launches. Yeah. That's what he, he calls it. So three different starships. Yeah, pieces of models. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> models. To different locations across the galaxy to locate, I guess, the planet that the bad guy. The phantom planet. Yes, the phantom planet. Of evil or something like right, that. Right. Where is the base of operations so that he can take out the bad guy. That That's essentially what the initial mission was. Well, of course, 
all three launches essentially disappeared, crash landed. Yeah, one not to be heard from again. Yeah. Right. So our two heroes are intrepid space explorers. Yes, I guess they're were they smugglers or something? I, I don't forget. Know what they were. Anyway, Stella yeah. Star and uh what's his name? Acton. Acton, that's right. Which is Gortner. I should just call him Gortner. Gortner. <laughs> they are apprehended and jailed. Yeah. And then they are set free upon the emperor's command. They're set free, but they join up with two of the emperor's police or whatever. One's a yeah. this black robot. Right, named L. Named L, and then this other green-skinned guy, character actor named, uh, I forgot to mention his name in the, in the credits, All right. Robert Tessier. The name isn't going to mean anything to anybody, but he has been in everything. Yeah. I mean, this guy, TV all over the place. God, he was in the, was I think, the Born Losers, the first Billy Jack movie. He was in... A-Team, Knight Rider, you name any 80s, 70s, 80s TV show, he was a bad guy in that. Yes. He was he was one of the bikers in Cannibal Run that okay. starts the fight. God, he was in everything. Hard well, you times. Can, you can look him up, but anyway. First and 10, <laughs> uh, just tons of stuff. But he's a, a bald guy, tough guy, and one of those guys, you see his face and you're like, oh, that guy, yeah. They hook up with them and then they proceed to look for the three launches and the emperor has also told them that the the prince, his son, his only son, was also on one of the launches, and they he gave he his wants, only begotten son. Yes, the and they universe. want to find him. So <laughs> they set out on their journey to find the launches, and, and that's the basic. And plot. that's basically it. Uh, find the launches, and, and and if if they do find the launches, hopefully they find the prince, and find the planet. And blow the planet up and, and get rid of the bad yeah. guy. Yeah, that's essentially and what we're trying Joe to do. And meanwhile, the the bad guy of the universe is thwarting them at different points. Yeah, so find the Death Star, blow it up. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Gortner's character, he's got some quirks to him, and he starts messing around with this like energy, which is bad digital effects of the day. Super bad. And he says some talks to the ship's computer about uh, practicing his power. Yeah. And that's all you you know. You, yeah, you so know. you think he's like superhuman or something. Yeah, like the Force. Or, or just has some kind but of... But yeah. at the end, you find out he was some kind of alien or something. He's not human. Well, he never says alien. Yeah. But she, that, Stella she said says... human-like friend. Yeah, human. you're my only human-liked friend. Yeah, so, so we don't and then know when what he, he... Oh, yeah. Then when he... Well, we're going to give it away now. He doesn't die so much. He like... He evaporates. energizes away. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like watching the um on Star Trek when they transport. It's almost like watching yeah. a transport. Yeah, that it, that kind of effect, but yeah. not as good. So as it was Trek. weird. So no, he didn't like die. There was no body laying there, but he just yeah. kind he of just kind of energized away. Yeah, it was, was weird. It. So who knows what happened yeah. to him? Maybe he turned into energy and moved on to another plane. Now this movie is is really fun if you're um. Or a real headache if you're like a math teacher. I would oh, think. no. <laughs> or you're into math. Have you seen Noises Off? <laughs> There's a scene in Noises Off Yeah. where they're backstage and they keep going to tell everybody the curtain call. Five minutes. Five minutes. minutes. Five minutes. Two minutes. Until the show starts. Two minutes until the show starts. And then they go backwards. One minute until the yeah. show starts. What? Two minutes until the show starts. It goes back and forth and it's totally screwed up. Yeah, well, what, in that instance, what is is the person who says, 
one minute or five minutes to go and it runs away and the other person comes back and says three minutes to go didn't know the first person said five minutes and exactly. they keep going crossing over back and forth yes in this it's just bad bad yeah. editing they get attacked by five ships yes they put in the effect of five ships but they didn't tell the people acting that it was going to be five ships somebody told them it was six ships because <laughs> they they said oh it's six ships coming in and they proceed to go this dogfight of these ships, and the numbers keep changing. Is that? I mean, yeah. they've killed well, her. I mean, <laughs> It gets down to there's only one left. And so then they, well, okay, so I started counting as soon as they started blowing them up. There were two left, but she says there's only one left. So I was like, okay, well. <laughs> and they then next thing you see three fly by. <laughs> <laughs> so they blow up the one she says there's only one left, and then three fly by. And then they're still blowing up stuff. And then she's like, there's only four more or whatever. Yeah, when there was just one a minute ago. It it never ended. It went on. Oh, I don't hilarious. it wasn't it wasn't a super long scene, but the numbers kept yeah. changing. It was really, really weird. If you're playing a drinking game, every time they screw up the numbers, you'd be drunk in a minute. Oh, it was crazy. But yeah, and the the effects are horrible too, because they're all flying in a straight line, like mm-hmm. in a row. Yeah. You know, they never veer off from each other or, or strafe around right. the sides or anything. It was it's like, like oh. we were they were all stuck on one stick or something yeah. and they <laughs> <laughs> flew it by the camera. <laughs> My favorite effects are the background effects when they're walking on this pla- the bridges or in that one throne room, and the, mm-hmm. the sets are minimalistic on a lot of places where it's just like the table, the throne, mm-hmm. a couple of things sitting around, and then the, then a blank color plain background. There's nothing behind them, right? Except a lava lamp. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's not. A lava lamp on a no. table. It's like a close-up of a lava lamp effect they have projected as the entire background yes. in these scenes. It is so awesomely bad. It is terrible. That you have to see this. Yeah. I mean, I can't even... Describing it doesn't even do it justice. The scene or the, the special effects they use in this film are so weird. It's it's strange digital effects well, it's bad green screen is what most of it is. A lot of it is. And some of it is like weird... Um, overlays. Overlays, yeah. yeah. And some of it is almost like they scratch something into the film, oh, which of course is not really what story. happened, no. but it almost looks like that's what they did. Really, really weird. Some of the special effects are like Harryhausen-esque, but not as good. Well, yeah, they use some stop-motion robots and yeah. monsters, and it's just like... Somebody who's not real good at it yeah, doing it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's real, real stiff. Very stiff, And yeah. the creatures are just, the designs are like, ugh. Yeah, not awful. good. Although I could I could kind of feel the homage to the skeletons from those two oh, guardians. yeah, Because yeah. they were very skeleton-esque, you know, with the swords. Yeah. Well, you know, they very similar be, scimitar Yeah, they type. had to be fans. Yeah, exactly. You know, if they're in that business. And I can appreciate they're that. They're fans of yeah. Harryhausen. Because, you know, who isn't? Right. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just... Christopher Plummer, uh, very low key in this, like almost whispering his dialogue for everything. Hardly any emotion. He is trying very hard. Underplaying like a champ. Well, he's not even really trying. No, to No, no. What it. I'm saying is he's he's trying very hard to to just give a good performance and take this serious. I think. Yeah, but he's he's doing it. He's so low key. It's almost like he's Mister Rogers doing it. <laughs> but even Christopher Plummer just couldn't say the dialogue. The whole the whole script is. St- very stilted dialogue. It is. And bad. The dialogue's terrible. And, but they deliver, they're trying to deliver it most of the time. I love stuff like when she meets Simon, which is uh, Hasselhoff's character. When she meets Simon, they're in that cave and he grabs her hand and he says something like, 
be very quiet and stay close. And they go, they start to turn around a corner and she says, this way looks safe. And then they get jumped by a bunch of troglodytes. <laughs> what is the point of her saying that? Well, one, he just told her to be quiet. And yeah. she like just speaks, you know, clear voice. This way looks safe. A couple of interesting things around that point in the film. Uh, the first time we see Hasselhoff's character, he's wearing this big mask that almost looks like the Zardoz head yeah. and firing lasers from his eyes. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The reason you see him like that at first mm-hmm. is because he had suffered food poisoning that day and couldn't oh. be on set. Oh, wow. So that's a, either an extra or a stuntman okay. wearing that mask doing his scenes until he takes the helmet off. So he wasn't even supposed to have anything to do with the plot? I don't think so. Huh. Well, uh, I guess that's why or, they threw it away so quick. Yeah. So you could see his face again, mainly. Yeah, because we were both like, yeah. why'd you throw away the most powerful weapon you have? Yeah. <laughs> they just tossed it yeah, away. Yeah, because shooting, like, you know, Laser beams. vision out of his <laughs> eyes and killing all these guys. Caroline almost suffered, uh, what I read is intestinal distress. Oh, no. Or was suffering one day, and she was wearing the bikini outfit. Mm. But she was thinking she had the plastic outfit over it. And, it was, and in one of her interviews, she said she thought to herself, well, you know, it's a good thing I'm wearing this plastic outfit just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Which is horrible to even think of. That is terrible. <laughs> everybody, it's an Italian film, so of course everybody's overdubbed oh, the voices. Because right. they yeah. didn't, except Christopher Plummer. Mm-hmm. And Hasselhoff. Well, no, 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 no. Let me, let me oh, backtrack oh, a little bit. Okay. I'll find something else out about okay, that. Okay, gotcha. No, Christopher Plummer's scenes, they had him for one day. Right. His stuff was shot shot recording the sound that day. Yes. And he's the only one speaking in, in the scenes that are of him speaking. Right. There's no other dialogue. I don't think there is. With no. him. So they only had him for one day and couldn't afford to fly him out to overdub. <laughs> so they recorded his dialogue as they shot the scene. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, of course, they just shot it with no sound and put the sound in later. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way they did in Italian films and a lot of European stuff. And it's just cheaper to do it that way, mm-hmm. apparently. It sounds like, well, Caroline's voice is not her own. Right. And the Amazon queen, I don't think, is her own. Because, again, they couldn't afford to fly them out to where LA or wherever they were doing the overdubs. Okay. Let's do it. Gortner, Hasselhoff overdubbed their own. Okay. And Joe Spinell overdubbed his own. Oh, okay. It doesn't sound like his voice hmm. at all. On the thing, but he overdubbed it in a. It's uh, I was reading a a weird accent, so hmm. it wouldn't sound like he was from New York. Oh, because he is. Yeah, apparently he was like a a really serious acting coach and teacher. He was like a dialogue coach on this thing, huh? Too. So he did some kind of strange accent in the in the uh, looping or the overdubbing, so it wouldn't sound like Joe Spinell from New York. You know? Gotcha. He was guys. Get your laser guns. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot. L sounded like a... Oh, he sounded like some hick sheriff or something. Yeah. Well, then he sounded he sounded like, like a Texas Ranger or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then later, he actually called uh, he called the bad guys varmints. So then I thought he was Yosemite Sam. Yeah, well, he was shooting two guns at the Slazers <laughs> yeah. at the same time. <laughs> that guy, the person in the robot suit, was actually Caroline Monroe's husband at the time. Just... Walking in the suit. You know, oh, he didn't have to funny. do any acting, really. You yeah, know? yeah. Just had to react. Oh, man. Yeah, this thing is just a... It's a joy to to behold it. It it would be a lot of fun to watch in a group, you know, a room full of people. Yeah. And hang out. 
Did we never show this? At I don't Fantasma? think we ever showed. No, we didn't have the rights to it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But oh. we did. I did sit in on uh, an MST3K tear of it mm-hmm. at RavenCon one year. Oh, right. The guy was putting it on. Brandon asked right. asked me and Jim to do it. Yeah, that's what the I'm stuff. thinking of. Right. And halfway through the film, I turned around and Jim was gone. <laughs> Jim left to go hang out with y'all and go drinking. I remember. And I was yeah. stuck there by myself right. to finish making the film funnier. Yeah. By doing that doing the uh MST three K ripping by myself. Yeah. I was like, thanks a lot. But it would be fun to get a group of people, get some pizza and hang out and just watch it. Especially people who've never seen it. Yeah. Because the first time I mean, because I, I think this was your first time. Watching it. I've, yeah, I've seen part of it, yeah. but I had never seen it all the way But your through. reaction to some of those stuff was great. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I don't even remember what I reacted to. Uh, I don't I, either. It, I wish I did, because some of it was just absurd. Oh, you know, talking about uh, Gortner's character, Acton, mm-hmm. the alien, or is he not alien? Mm-hmm. He was originally, writ- originally written as a grotesque-looking figure, kind of a more of an alien or monster-looking guy. But he wouldn't wear prosthetic makeup or anything. He didn't oh. want. It. Yeah, he wanted his face to be on camera. He wouldn't wear any of that stuff. Oh, that's so. So funny. they just did away with it. Huh? Prima donna. <laughs> 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 Let me step back too. Tell him the overdub and the voices. Mm-hmm. Candy Clark overdubbed Caroline's voice, who was in a lot of '70s stuff. Okay. She was married to Gortner at the time. Ah. So she did overdubbed all of Caroline's dialogue. Did you say Gortner? Did his own stuff? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah, yeah. And, and most, everybody did, mostly they did their own stunts because yeah. it was low budget. You yeah. Know? And the fight scene between Gortner and Tesla guy, yeah, bald guy, they kind of made that up on the spot. Oh, And really? it shows. Yeah. I mean, it's awkward, very awkward. It was awkward, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't, like, break something or hurt each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, some of the stuff, I mean, it was... It was not great, but some of the stuff that Stella did, mm-hmm. her fight stuff, was better than I expected it to be. Yeah. I mean, it was still awkward. It was still awkward and not great, yeah. but it was... Well, it was a little, yeah, it wasn't bad. Better than I have seen. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> kept her wrist straight anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the... Uh, so, yes, there was the, the laser sword looking oh, thing yeah, yeah. that and, and Acton the one point, had. Yeah, Gortner... Saves the day in the cave with uh, the Hoff and, and Caroline. His, yep. He just laser sword just pops yeah. up out of his hand. It we, does use a different sound though. So yeah, that, that we haven't good. seen before. In yeah, the film, he's never had so. it before. And then what was the other thing we were talking about? Oh, the at one point she and Stella and L get caught outside in the oh, yeah. in the frozen tundra. And he he lowers her body temperature or slows her heart rate, and they both freeze. Yeah. And then he is a robot, so he doesn't freeze. And when the ship comes back to get him or whatever, they bring her back on. She's like carbon froze. Yeah. And they bring her out of it. And it's like, ah, two years before Empire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a punishment, but. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny when um, when Acton thaws her out, when they get her back on the ship, they show her getting slowly thawed. Yeah. And then she's finally completely thawed out. You see the water kind of dripping off of her hand, and you see she's she's completely oh. wet, but she's thawed, yeah. and she starts to wake up, and then she sits up, and she's completely dry, and her makeup's completely her brand new, perfect. and her hair is perfect <laughs> and fluffy and curled. It was amazing. 
So but apparently he notice, can do amazing things. If you notice in Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, Luke goes under the, in the trash compactor, goes under the water. Mm-hmm. When they come out of the trash compactor and they're, you know, taking the Stormtrooper armor off, his hair is completely dry. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a great clip of Mark Hamill on one of the late night talk shows recently, within the last few years, just talking about that. And he said something to Harrison Ford while they're filming it. And should my my hair should it be wet? And he I'm not gonna try to do Harrison Ford, but he does this Harrison Ford impression, which is flawless. Mm-hmm. And he says Harrison says, "Hey kid, if they're looking at your hair, we're doing something wrong." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, a couple of funny things I find out about this. A couple. I, oh, There's well, way more than a couple. A few other things I find out funny when I was doing some research is. Apparently, the filmmakers uh, were reluctant to or wouldn't let uh, John Barry, who did the music for this, mm-hmm. and did the music for everything else, a lot of Bond films, et cetera. You can look him up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And they, the music for this wasn't horrible, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of catchy. It was John Barry. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't let him or didn't want him to see the film while he was doing the music because they were afraid he might back out of it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So even they knew what they had. Wow. So he didn't see any of the film? He did all the music sight unseen? I don't know. They said he, he didn't, they didn't want him to see it. Oh, wow. Okay, then. So I don't know if he did or not, but hmm. that's the story anyway. Another thing is there was a still released of the spaceship, the big, I guess the Emperor spaceship or whatever. Mm-hmm. The one was that was actually not white? I think so. All the spaceships were white, but But, yeah. Oh god! And there was no—they didn't do any like rendering, painting on them to make them look like they're just stark white. Yep. And that's just all—they look like models. (laughs) Not even attempting to hide it, but the still that was released to the Emperor spaceship was released upside down. The ship was upside down in the still. Okay. And. The one sheet, it's even painted on it upside, upside down, down on the one sheet. Yeah. <laughs> Not that you can tell until you see the movie and go, hey. Wait a minute. You can't tell that there's any kind of bridge there's or no thrusters. upside down in space. Yeah, well, that's true. That that could be the argument for it. So, <laughs> we didn't think of it that way. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't think of it that way either. <laughs> well, probably not, but, you know, facts is facts. Yeah, but if you look at the one sheet and after you see the movie, it's like, <laughs> it is, it's upside down. <laughs> that reminded me of the, the scene close to the end when they have the floating city. They Bespin. have the floating city. Bespin. Yes, exactly. And they're going to they're gonna take the floating city and they're essentially just going to ram it into the bad guy's spaceship that looks like <laughs> a giant hand. Yeah, which is bizarre. It's weird. I don't I don't understand the design of this ship, but whatever. It would have been cool if it balled up and then like a fist and then flew that way. Right. That would have been cool. It only it only kinda like curled its fingers in a little bit. It yeah. didn't actually ball up, but whatever. Anyway, so the uh the, the floating city is gonna ram into the bad guy's ship, which is not what Christopher Plummer explained was gonna happen. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he was saying was gonna happen. But it was way more involved than then, we're going to ram this thing into the <laughs> <laughs> into the bad guy's ship. But anyway, so Stella's got uh, got her co-pilot there and they're going to ram the yeah. planet or ram the ship. They're slowly inching along and they have these fighter pilots coming at them. Little teeny fighter <laughs> pilots coming at them. And this 
floating city. I mean, yeah. giant floating city, way bigger <laughs> than the bad guy's ship. Little yeah. gnats. Little teeny gnats <laughs> coming at them. And she says, we have to take evasive maneuvers. Now, keep in mind, they're trying to go straight at the bad guy's <laughs> ship with the giant city. Yeah. What the heck? Why do you need well, to take evasive? Yeah. Just let them hit you. Yeah, just, just drive. Who fast. cares? Just fly faster. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're trying to be a battering ram. Yeah. They're just, they're going so slow. I mean, in space, it looks it could be fast. I have no idea. It looked really slow. Anyway, eventually, they abandon ship. You know, she and and L jump out the fake window or whatever, which yeah. was hilarious in itself. And uh, then all of a sudden, the ship is going super fast and rams into the bad guy. It was so <laughs> weird. Time means nothing in this movie. It doesn't. Time and space bends it, it's, all around. There's no science here at all. <laughs> no, no, there's not. No, not, not in the least. This is uh, it, 94 minutes that feels like a lot more. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that it felt like longer than 94 minutes. Uh, were we watching the same movie? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Actually, no. It really wasn't. It didn't drag. It didn't drag it didn't along. Drag. I mean, it was it was absurd enough that I had a good time laughing at it. Yeah. So maybe that's. Or, and you know, this was my first time all the way through. So maybe since you've seen it before, it was worse for you. Of course, MST3K did a a take on this. They lampooned this in one of their episodes. One. Yeah. Time. I would expect so. And oh, and there was actually a soundtrack released. I don't know if that's available anymore. <laughs> and even though it was John Barry, I can't say it's some of his best work. Uh, no, no. I mean, the music didn't suck, but it's not like I'd really want to sit and listen to it. Not a memorable theme, like no. any of the Bond stuff or anything. I mean, I was getting tea ready, and you had the splash screen or whatever playing for a good 10 oh, minutes. Oh, the menu screen, yeah. Yeah, and it was, just, and it uh, was yeah, very... Pleasant little tune. <laughs> very peppy. <laughs> didn't... It seemed like I was going to watch a sci-fi film. It just was very peppy. <laughs> yeah, this, um, well, I don't know. I don't, really don't know what else to say about this. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty. It's, it's one you definitely have to see to, to believe. We uh, It started, actually, we are going to watch another movie to talk about this time. Yeah, we were going to watch She Creature. Yeah, but our copy of it apparently is, the sound is a little muddy on it, so I need to get a better clock copy of that because yeah. that's actually an interesting little film yeah. for a, well, a 50s I mean, the, rubber suit the, monster film. The copy we have is, wasn't it one of those two disc sets? That, yeah, the Midnight Movies two... disc, which is usually, oh, no, actually it's not a Midnight Movies disc. It is a double disc. I can't remember which company puts it out, but it's mm-hmm. not the Midnight Movies brand because those are usually pretty good quality. Yeah. Well, I forget what it is, but it's one of those that you can buy that's a, a double feature type thing. And it normally those aren't terrible, but the sound quality was muddy enough that I couldn't hear it very well. Now, keep in mind, I don't have very good hearing. I have a, <laughs> a decent hearing loss. It was a little muddy, though. Um, it was but a, you could have gotten sharp. through it and been fine. Yeah. But I, nor- I normally watch everything with closed captions on, so and it didn't there was the, no closed captions, yeah. so I couldn't get through it. So, But you guys could probably get through it just fine. So, yeah. you know. But we'll, we'll get a better copy and do it sometime. Because it, yeah. it it's a different kind of movie than a lot of those that came out at the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want you to watch it. And no, see well, it. I'd like to see it. We've talked about yeah. it for a few episodes now, oh, and yeah. I want to see it. And now we it. did watch House of Seven Corpses. We did. There just wasn't a whole lot to talk about. Yeah, that would I mean, have been a really a very, short episode. It was a, it's a very eh. Not film. really an old dark house movie, but it's it falls into the same category as like children shouldn't play with dead things. As you've got a theater troupe, 
yeah. going to his creepy location to shoot or to do a performance or shoot a film. Right. In this instance, they go to a house that was supposed to be really haunted mm-hmm. to shoot a film, and then they they awaken the evil and start getting killed off one by one. Right. It had the feel of an old dark house yeah. film, but it wasn't because there there was no ghost. It wasn't haunted. No. But they do. But there was wake a. The dead there was a. The yeah. But it was like a zombie type thing. Yeah. It was one. They one, read from a book of the dead. Yeah, it was some spell. book of the dead. Yeah, and it was a, a kind of confusing Tibetan, bit. I think something like that. Yeah. Tibetan book of the dead. But there was a little confusing bit as to how the guy who read it was there to read it. Yeah. You yeah, know. you'd you'd have to watch it to. But it's, it was. See I mean, it's mean. got John <laughs> Ireland and John Carradine in it. Mm-hmm. And also, oh, I can't remember the guy's name right now. But he was the guy that played Dracula in Blackula that curses Blackula. Okay. He was in this. And it's not a bad little film. No, I mean, I, I enjoyed watching it. It didn't suck. It just, um, it was just kind of eh, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. it was not a lot to talk about. It wasn't It had a one, super... one creepy kind of bait and switch scene. Yeah, in it, right. Where you see the shadow coming and the music's building. Yeah. Like, oh, it's going to be, the guy's going to get it. Here comes a bad guy. And then it's just the, another guy with the cables yeah. loading into the truck going, here you go, dude. Right. It's like, ah. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, and none of the none of the, the kill scenes are super gruesome no. or, it, or creative. It, it felt like a TV movie in a way. Maybe a little bit. The way bit. it played out a Maybe little bit. Maybe a little yeah. bit. But the acting was all pretty solid in it from everybody. Yeah, it was except the like the There two, were a couple couple two pieces that were weird. Yeah. Were, weren't very good, but... The rest of it was okay. If you can find that, man, I don't know. I can't remember. I think I probably found it at a thrift store. And it's on a th- real thin case DVD. Yeah. Like it was part of a set or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know where from. Uh, I'll have to look, do a little research on that just for my own curiosity. Well, maybe we'll mention it on Facebook. But it was, um, I mean, it's it was worth watching. Yeah. It was interesting. But it was just not a whole lot we could talk about to put a whole podcast together. Yeah, 20 minutes out. <laughs> yeah, if that. If that much, yeah. I mean, we pretty much covered <laughs> what yeah. we need to cover already. That was five minutes. There you go. So you got a bonus <laughs> episode in the middle here. There you go. It was no Star Crash, though. No, no. You know, this is why I'm surprised this doesn't have more of a following. And I know a lot of people know about it, but it's like Troll 2 has got a huge underground following. Mm-hmm. I say huge. Maybe that's the wrong word. No, a big underground following. <laughs> and it's a bad movie. And this is... Not quite as bad, but it is bad. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me this would it's... be fun. Like, uh, you know, th- this would, should be shown in a lot of sci-fi conventions and MST3K and it, like a tradition. Well, it's, bad. it's bad in a different way and it's bad in a different genre. Yeah. You know, I mean, horror bad is different than sci-fi bad. It appeals to more people, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, overall. It does. But this is, it is a lot of fun. And <laughs> the the cast you just can't beat. Yeah. No, it, it's it's a great... Great film to watch. I mean, I had a great time watching it. It's a lot of fun. There's some, <laughs> there's some serious laughs and there's some what absurd the hell laughs. laughs. <laughs> yeah, the what the hell moments are the most fun ones. Yeah, they they really are. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed watching it with me. Oh yes, of course I did. <laughs> I enjoyed watching you watch it with exactly. Me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like I said before, you know, get you a copy. It's on Amazon. You know, DVD for I want to say under fifteen bucks and Blu-ray under twenty bucks. Might as well get the Blu-ray to see it in its sharpest way. <laughs> see all the bad effects as sharp as possible. Yeah. And if you don't feel like shelling that, I do think it is on... It's on Amazon Video. You can watch it on if you have that. Huh. Or it's on YouTube. So you can watch it for free. 
Cool. But I will put the poll up on the on the Facebook page along with the trailer and a lot of pictures and stuff. So Sounds check good. out the Phantasmo After Dark Facebook page for that cool stuff. Indeed. And look at the pictures while you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I guess that's about it, huh? I think so. I don't have anything else to add to that. I think we about covered it. <laughs> I think so. We only have one thing left to do, Rob. Oh, that's right. How's this we revolve have to, around Planet of the Apes? Yeah, we have to see how this movie is connected to Planet of the Apes because everything in the world is connected to Planet of the Apes one way or another. Indeed. And I can prove it. All right, so let's just go with, have we ever done Marjo? I want to say we've done Caroline from... I'm sure. Before. Yeah. So let's do let's do Marjo. Marjo Gortner. Has yeah. he connected to Planet of the Apes? Yeah. Okay. Marjo Gortner. <laughs> Marjo Gortner was in Pray for the Wildcats with Shatner. <laughs> Shatner <laughs> in Star Trek with Mark... Mark Leonard is Serac, who was also Urko on the Planet Apes TV show. Well, that's very short. <laughs> you know, you've had a lot of really short connections these past few hey, episodes. I, that's just, it's a small world, and they're all connected to Planet of the Apes. This is very true. Well, then, good job. You barely had to think about that. Good thing you didn't say plumber. <laughs> I almost did because I figured he would plumber. be easy. Star Trek undercover. Yeah. yeah, cool. Exactly. That's because I knew he was Trek. The rules are. The rules are. It's not really the rules. It's just the way it happens. If you can connect anything back to Star Trek, it's a direct connection to Planet of the Apes or to the Batman TV show from the 60s. Yeah. You know, because Ronnie McDowell's in that. Mm-hmm. And if, I think a few other people here and there. But, you know, Star Trek, you get Mark Leonard, and of course he was an ape. So Now you're giving away all your secrets. Well, no, it's just you want to play at home. <laughs> play the home game. Play know? the home game. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's about all I got for tonight. That's so. it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.